0: Podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm.
1: Welcome to Run With It, the podcast that brings you business ideas from established entrepreneurs. Each episode, you'll hear a new business idea and the exact steps our guests would take to get started. Follow through and you can earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership.
2: Here are your hosts, Chris Justin and Ethan Janney. I'm Chris Justin.
1: And I'm Ethan Janney. And on today's show, we have James Henderson. He's an Australian podcast awards finalist, economist, and accidental festival owner. He develops audio brands with his businesses, IH Media and CBD Entertainment in the media and music industries, respectively. His holding company commits to a broad philosophy to elevate universal consciousness. James, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you very much for having me on today, guys. I'm uh, very excited to get into it. Chris, Ethan, uh, when you reached out, I was really excited
2: to engage with you. So pumped. Pumped to be part of the show. Yeah, we're pumped to have you. You're calling in at 2am your time here right now. So that shows a level of commitment that you uh, that's probably carried through to success for the multiple ventures that you've started.
0: No one knows what the time is these days. We're all, uh, we're all shut inside. It's dark. Who knows? The curtains are covered. You know They cover the windows. Who knows? But uh, I certainly, uh, I'm with you there. Hospitality taught me a lot of that uh, initially.
2: Yeah. I think it's a real treat for us when we have guests who have experience in multiple fields because the nature of this podcast is to bring new ideas to our listeners. And I think some of the best ideas come from folks who have this multifaceted entrepreneurial experience. We'll have some time at the end to talk about some of the existing ventures that you're part of. But what we want to focus on now is a new business idea. That's the aim of the podcast is to bring a new business idea to our listeners. And you have one that you're generously going to share and outline and we'll... Let's talk through it. So kick it off. Tell us about an idea that you would like our listeners to run with.
0: Easy. So... Sitting at home, I've been seeing, obviously, massive demand for hand sanitizer. People are selling out left, right, and center. So that's point number one. The other thing that I'd noticed was that a lot of distillers and craft distillers around the world have started pivoting to making hand sanitizer. So I think that there's an opportunity for a craft hand sanitizer online store. That's effectively what has come to mind uh, that I'd love to put forward on the show today.
2: Cool. Yeah. Very topical, timely idea to bring forward. Tell us a little bit more about this and we'll try and work this out together. So we're on your side, but we may ask some challenging questions as we go along here. For sure. The, the The first objection that could come to mind is, will there be a need for this? Let's say eventually the pandemic will resolve itself. People will be able to go back to normal. And then are you going to be left with a business when that happens?
0: Excellent question. I believe that now, yes, demand will decrease. No two ways. This is certainly something that people could capitalize on in the short term. I think that there are benefits in starting something like this, which is it's quick and easy to be able to do. You just have to have a network of people to connect with. And we'll get into that in some later questions. The reason that I think that it is going to be okay, despite that demand decrease, is because people are going to be a lot more conscious of health of you know, the virality of, of viruses, the uh, you know how these things spread. They're going to be more conscious of using hand sanitizer and these sorts of products, particularly at least for a period post-coronavirus. I believe that it's still going to be strong enough to settle onto a new standard. So it'll become one of the staples that you purchase. like Maybe not like your bread and milk, but another household standard purchase. And this is a way to support those local distilleries. So the, you know, the brands that that they know and love, they might drink gin from a company down the road or in the same suburb. And this is another way that they can also support them.
1: Cool. You know, I'm also thinking in terms of, you know, the same type of I think of 9-11, right? When I think of similar scenarios. So, you know, you had a lot of issues around travel and security. I'm sure there are certain things that we could come up with that Became a need for a little bit because of that and then dropped off. But then there are other things that are staying the same. So, you know, a good example I'm thinking of is like the TSA pre-check, right? Or the commercial versions of that same type of thing where it's many, many years after that particular incident happens, but the repercussions are still resonating and there's still kind of products and services that are useful because of those repercussions and, and their lasting effect. Totally. So... um if we think about it in that light like what are the things that are going to kind of continue to resonate then we'll be better off as we analyze this one
0: absolutely settling on an, on a new normal where these, be- these become become just natural parts of the way that we operate and maybe maybe not and you bring up a good point in your question there chris to press on this one the demand for it longer term maybe this is one of the risks of it right it maybe the maybe the consumer isn't as Concerned about buying craft hand sanitizer, but people are willing to pay more now for craft spirits. Why wouldn't they be willing to pay more for craft hand sanitizer?
2: I guess I'll ask on that point what about the uh, sanitizer do you think would be different from a craft perspective? Because right now, when I view it, when I think of hand sanitizer, it's mostly a commodity. Sure, they have different scents, but if you have a certain alcohol content and I think that that's good enough, I guess. But maybe there's something else that you could add value to in some way that people want to pay extra for a craft and sanitizer.
0: Good question, Chris. Do you drink craft spirits at the moment, or are you do you mainly like? From your description there, I'm really interested to know because being from the from a booze background, heavy booze background, not as a <laughs> drinker, just as a as someone who knows a lot about it. Uh, <laughs> Do you drink craft spirit? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you clue up on, you know, like all the botanicals and the process, you know, the stills? Is that something that you know and love from the look there? I'm guessing that that
2: might not be the case. <laughs> uh, I'd say I'm somewhere in between. There's a local distillery here, McLaughlin Distillery that I go to. And I studied chemical engineering. So I, I like the process and understanding how, uh, being able to see the stills and and understanding that. But I'd say that I'm not as nerdy about the craft spirits as some of my friends are
0: as some of your friends right so some of your friends do care about those things they care about the the process the botanicals they care that if something sat in the basket or if it sat in the, st- in the still when it's used as a botanical is it vapor infused how they've actually used that particular ingredient in the process these sorts of things i think people will care about when they have the disposable income later when they Purchase hand sanitizer as a staple. Later on, I think they're going to care about these things when they have the disposable income to be able to support a local distillery.
1: Just to play uh, angel's advocate here, I'll like try to come up with some other ways in which this is a, a good idea. <laughs> the things that are coming to mind are we've also had previous episodes where we talk about a premium product and how some real big advantages to having something that actually costs more than the, the standard item, and then thinking about. How can you actually optimize or even like go above and beyond? That's kind of the, and and from your background in hospitality, maybe you have a good idea around that, right? That people will pay more, you know, the sheets and the beds and the pillows and the things that are in the cabinets and whatever at a nice hotel. That's what I'm imagining here. And also just to, to add one more thing, I'm familiar with this philosophy that in a recession, for example, sometimes it's actually good when everybody else is kind of panicking and lowering their prices, to actually raise your prices and but serve the premium audience that, like you said, people might have more disposable income. Well, there's people right now that have disposable income that we just kind of ignore because everybody else is having such a
2: bad time. I'll jump in with one reason that I think it could be appealing as well. Right now, at least for me, and I imagine it's true for many people out there, the process of using hand sanitizer isn't pleasant. My hands feel really dry. I'm thinking of all these germs that I've got and I'm like, oh, I got to get every corner. And I just don't enjoy doing it. And if there's something that can be done, even if it's just the packaging that's, that looks like a, a favorite local uh, spirit, would I pay a 50% premium for something that looks cool that I'm not embarrassed to leave on my coffee table all the time as opposed to this giant thing of Purell? Maybe.
0: I want to address something that, that I think needs to be salient for the listener in this as well is we're bringing up this point about selling a premium product. And that point is obviously, we're looking at these things post coronavirus when things settle down, the longevity of this particular business. And that effect that you mentioned, Ethan, there, that has come up before, economics gives me, because your original question there, I, I'd like to address that more specifically about you sort of brought up that point, And I'd like to ask you that again just to get the exact uh, point that you were making. But economics, gave me the answer to that question. And it's called the snob effect. The snob effect is the idea that when you raise the price, more people want to buy it, which is totally contrary to any economic principle defining the demand curve, which is that obviously when price increases, quantity decreases. right? But this is this snob effect. So there are some products that exist out there where if you increase the price, more people want to buy it. And I won't name any products specifically, but there are certain brands that. Can be plotted along that curve, and the obviously the ideal, the ideal market to be selling to when you have a premium product is that you want to be increasing your price and more people buying it because there's obviously going to be a point where it drops off. But in the short term, it, this uh, inelastic good, I think inelastic is the correct term there for like flying back to like second year economics. But yeah, when you increase your price, quantity d- increases with the snob effect. I actually had a chat about the same thing uh, with a guest on my own show. We, his, uh, his name was Dr. Ian Page, American uh, whiskey economist. So he was a good bloke. But yeah, we talked about exactly the same thing, increasing the price, increasing the quantity.
2: Other thing that I'd layer in here is... So we're talking about this is how do we ensure that this business is resilient? There's a timeliness aspect to this too that I think that there is a lot of value in jumping out there and getting this going. And you may end up with a completely different business a year from now. But starting out, you will gain a lot of valuable experience and build relationships and uh, solve a problem for people right now that can open a lot of doors for you down the line. So I think that that's another aspect of if you're looking for ideas, this is something that would be really valuable right now. And a lot of times that opportunity is worth like jumping on in itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's one you got to move fast on because it's going to change very quickly. And by the way, I'm not just you know selling this idea. I do have my risks to bring up as well. And I want to make them really clear and address them with you guys as well. So I'm excited for when we press on some more of these points.
2: Yeah, it's a good time to start bringing some of that up. So, well, let's start a little bit. You notice the problem. How would you actually go about solving this problem? What are the, some of the steps that you would take in, in implementing this?
0: So I think that it's a pretty straightforward process i would list the first thing i would do is list all craft distillers who've started producing hand sanitizer they've pivoted from hand sanitizer and pivot is you know the the word right everyone's using so everyone's pivoted from their their core business to this alternate reality that needs to exist for them now i'd make a list of whoever's doing that if you don't know them already now this is a sort of space where my own background comes in handy and my own experience because i can quickly draw on a list of or contact someone, hey, who's who are all the craft distillers who are making hand sanitizer and then just get a list back, which is great. What you need to do is go out and do that firstly. Then contact them for listings to see if you can list them on your online store, which is obviously something you've got to set up to. So set up, create an online store and to list their products. So you're effectively acting as an affiliate. I think that's the easiest way to run this. Contact those distilleries to list them. That's including their ability to allocate stock to you. Now that's where there's like this big red light it's like okay could you possibly do that because they're going to be sold out themselves that's where some complications arise i think that they i know that some distillers are very upset that there are people contacting them over and over to try to get hand sanitizer from them i think once their production starts to stabilize a little bit it'll be much easier to be able to list them but there will be distilleries out there that that will be happy to listed on another website on an affiliate's website now i am almost certain i'm almost certain there'll be people who will be okay with that and the demand is there so if you're selling any hand sanitizer as you guys aptly uh, mentioned before it is a commodity i can't remember who said it chris or ethan it is a commodity right now so right now the consumer doesn't care about the brand they're just like give me hand sanitizer i need to get some so there is the opportunity to be listing any hand sanitizer later uh sorry now but later on you can start getting into the you know the idiosyncrasies of the brand and to tell a bit more about the brand story and who you're listing and it could actually become part of the way that you build your own brand
1: i'm just thinking back to this question of the you know who are the people that can afford the kind of craft thing even now and just developing relationships with those type of people and i'll just throw this in there as a piece to consider I saw recently that there was this post by David Geffen, who's like the famous record producer who worked with like, you know, um, Nirvana and 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 many other well-known names. And he had, I think he had posted a picture of his yacht floating in the middle of the ocean on like a beautiful day on social media. And like, it was kind of like this, this idea, like, I'm okay, I'm quarantined. Like, <laughs> of course, like, it would just like piss off a ton of people. <laughs> But at the same time, maybe there's this aspect of this too, which we, you know we can talk about whether we like it or not, or whether you want to sell to those people. But that kind of even taking the snob effect to another level of like the people who are like, yeah, I'm doing totally fine here. And I want to enjoy my life as much as possible right now, instead of panicking or feeling like I have a problem going on. So I'll, yes, I'll get some hand sanitizer. Let's make it something fancy or it has some character to it that I... I can express myself. Any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah. To elaborate on that, people want to be perceived, especially in this sort of time as well, in a a very tumultuous time, people want to be perceived, some, not all, some people want to be perceived as if they're still okay, even if they're not. So there'll be people out there, they might flaunt that they're... I mean, right now, there isn't that difference in the, the taste and the consumer isn't thinking craft hand sanitizer, but I think that they could and I think that they might. And in fact, I, this business is saying that they will. I think that they might. I think there's opportunity to build that, to, to build it into how the tastes develop moving forward. Some people want to be perceived as if they're okay. That, that was the, the answer to your question there to elaborate on that. People might be doing very poorly, but they're willing to spend a little bit extra being like, Hey, I'm supporting the local distillery who's making this awesome hand sanitizer. Smells like ginger and mint, you know, like whatever, whatever. But that's up for the brand themselves to build that into uh, however they want to market their hand sanitizer, which everyone's going to want later. But yeah, that's, that's my point anyway. So I, I think that people want to be perceived differently. There's a snob effect. They want to hide what's actually going on, and that's that's there, whether we like it or not. People want to be perceived in a certain way, so they're gonna buy certain products to show their friends. You know, there there are so many cases. My dad's an accountant, uh, and I he he taught me a lot of these sorts of concepts growing up. And he had clients that had couldn't afford the sorts of assets, how sorts of um, assets they were buying, and you know they leveraged themselves up, and when things turned. Things went really badly for them, right? So, you know, that's something that sort of was built into me to understand early on. And I guess this is one of those concepts. This would be a subset of that market anyway that, that that would buy craft hand sanitizer.
2: Thinking about the financials, that raises another question for me. In making hand sanitizer itself, once things go back to normal, at what price point does it make economic sense for them to make hand sanitizer instead of just making alcohol and selling that?
0: Yeah, it's actually I don't I, I'm not entirely sure. I know that booze is much cheaper in the US, but oh my god, it is way way cheaper to make hand sanitizer than alcohol here. Way way cheaper. So, people are making absolute bank right now if they have pivoted to hand sanitizer. Any of those distilleries are making so much more than they were as a booze brand.
2: Wow. Okay, I never would have guessed that. The uh, local distillery here. I know that they're sold out. They're still making liquor, and they've been sold out. They have to email a list if they were going to release it at noon on this day. And yeah, so that's that's super interesting.
0: To give you an idea on that, the reason that I that I know that is yeah from the distillers that I've spoken with. I, I won't say on what no who who was specifically, but there's someone who I've spoken with who is used to distill rum. And they have closed down all of their RAM operations. They're only making hand sanitizer. And their output is 70 times what they were making with RAM. 70 times. That's their output, right? So if their margins are, I, I'm not sure of the exact figures on their margins. I do know that it is at least three times more. I know that it's a lot more. They're doing much better. They're they're positioned incredibly well into the future. So these are the sorts of people that are obviously doing well out of the coronavirus and they're going to be in a great position post COVID-19 to be able to double down, expand their operations. These they'll have, you'll know who did things well because they'll have straight away, they'll start expanding. They'll have huge breweries, huge distilleries. It's going to be going to be wild. It's very
1: interesting. We're continuing to appreciate your deep history with booze um, that you had mentioned as <laughs> you brought up previously. <laughs> so, what do we want to move to next Chris? I think competitors or also just the question of I'm guessing this is just like drop shipping and you just kind of being an intermediary do you have to worry about stock or holding stock or like purchasing ahead of time?
0: I see it as a drop shipping company, yeah, just a
1: drop shipping company. Um, do you want me to address competitors as well? Yeah, let's talk about like do you think anybody else is going to hop onto this if it's successful? Maybe some other people will.
2: And competitors also could be the status quo right now, right? What are the alternatives to this idea?
0: Right now, I haven't seen any direct competitors for this. There are obviously many, many indirect competitors because as we've discussed there, hand sanitizer is seen not in these words, but it's seen as a homogenous good. So people are seeing it as something that is just exactly the same as everything else.
2: How are uh, distillers finding customers for the hand sanitizer right now?
0: Everyone is sold out. Everyone is sold out. So, they're all rapidly expanding their operations
2: to be able to keep up. But where are they selling them to?
0: They're marketing them a lot to their own customer base already. So, through their email databases, through their social media pages, they're just getting out to whoever would normally visit that distillery. Maybe it could be, I have seen some come through other publications, publications that cover lifestyle and food and drink and those sorts of activities. They're promoting certain distilleries and and the work that they're doing as well. So these distilleries, and we discussed in the last question there, they flush with cash at the moment. They're expanding their production line. They're expanding their their manufacturing capacity. But I've, I've digressed from your question there, Chris. Can you please bring me back to that?
2: Yeah. So we're trying to understand the alternatives to this idea and just trying to get a sense of how are they currently Distributing their hand sanitizer right now is was that question?
0: I think it's mainly through their own their databases, their people who they have access to who have visited them before, through their their brand ambassadors, through their reps, whoever they sold to previously. It could be on premise. A lot of it is on premise as well. So they would have been selling to bars, and and then they'll they'll tell those bars, and those bars will tell their staff, and the you know there might be a particular whiskey label that or gin label that. People at a particular venues are very passionate about, so they're like, "Okay, great! I'm going to go out and support that distillery and buy their hand sanitizer." So I think that's how they've been mainly doing it through on and off premise sales channels. is their normal one, along with socials and um, email databases.
2: So tie back for us: Why would they need us, or why would they need this idea if they're sold out right now?
0: So this is why I think uh, this is one of the risks. This is one. Of, this is one of the challenges. I think that the stock is going to be. Initially, I mean, right, right now, I think it's hard to hard to get that stock, and especially hard to ask someone to allocate it. I think there there will be some angry nos in finding people who will say yes. I think the people who will say yes are the people who will who will have expanded their capacity, foreseen this rapid expansion required, and they're able to produce more. So then they can allocate some stock to you at least, or that you can put some orders through right now craft distilleries are just rapidly expanding. But I think that there's going to be a point where they stabilize and you're going to be able to do some drop shipping with it.
1: Just another added kind of collateral, if you haven't noticed it already, listening to this episode, is that completely aside from getting into the hand sanitizer business, if you were going to move into the business of the craft distilleries, then you're going to be dealing with people who have some money to work with. So there may be some other maybe just even trying to build these relationships. We've talked about this a few times in other episodes that just working on a specific business project, you may not get that one off the ground. But if you're talking to a lot of craft distilleries and they're going to be flush with cash and they need something else that you notice along the way, there might be a good business opportunity there. So something to be aware of as well. It's a great point. Yeah, thanks for that, Ethan. That's, yeah, 100%. And
0: I mean, that's the sort of space that I'm... I'm sitting in totally different to what people might find out of pursuing this business, but you know, like these distilleries, me personally, I'm looking at it like, okay, well, once things start to turn again and maybe they're not making as much hand sanitizer as they were, maybe maybe they are, maybe they're not, we don't know the world in that in that future state, but when things do start to turn, they're going to want to market their brands and they'll contact people like me to advertise them, right so Right now, they don't need advertising because they're sold out. They're fine. But I'm sitting there doing what I can to support these people in this time. And this is another way for someone to start another business to be gaining those sorts of contacts to be able to capitalize later as well.
2: How do you think consumers would find this new aggregator, this new business idea? I think
0: people who are familiar with the craft spirits industry are going to find Find it, welcome it. I think that they'll they'll know and love certain brands, and they'll be like, oh, you know, they might try different hand sanitizers, like they're trying, like they try different gins, uh, for example, so or, or whiskeys or whatever whatever booze they like to try out. I think it would be received well. How would they come across it?
2: Is a better way of putting it.
0: How would it be marketed? How do I see it being marketed? Yeah, I think the best way to market it. I've not. I want to preface this as well. I've not run uh, an affiliate marketing business before, and I've not run an online store like I'm describing as well. So, this is a space that I've not dabbled in too much. I think I do think there's an opportunity there, though. So, I've actually been cluing up on it and looked into how I might do this myself. I think the way to do it would be to partner with even with distilleries themselves. So, when you're contacting them, this could be an opportunity uh, in doing this. When you contact the distilleries to list them, There could be your, they could mention you to their, to wherever they're selling it now. Maybe they're selling it through their website. But I think, and this is a little thing that I thought could work really well, is if you allocated a portion of your profits to supporting the industry, it could be to a fund or a group that is supporting the hospitality industry or or a particular subset that this market is passionate about, that they're interested in. Maybe it's distillers, maybe. By buying through this particular online store, you're supporting through a fund that supports other people in their market. So maybe if someone goes to buy there through that link, maybe you've got a link, you give them a link, they buy their hand sanitizer through your website, buy through that link, and then they get to support them as well. And they might support a whole bunch of you. Anyone who buys through your website could support in, in that way. And I've said the word support about 100 times in that answer.
1: Very supportive of you.
0: Very. Thank you. I just think that there's, there are ways that people could be calm, passionate about something much broader than just buying the hand sanitizer. Uh, it doesn't have to be that snob effect that is doing it. People want to buy these sorts of goods in order to support... That same word again. The brands that they know and love that they're already buying products from and they want to help them get through this time, and I think that that could be a way to to really build things and actually really add value out of this. So if you're creating a not necessarily creating the fund, but you're allocating some of your profits to someone who is really doing some great things for the industry, maybe it's hospitality as we mentioned there before. Could be something. Just find something that really resonates with you and really resonates with the people that you're dealing with, even at first. Like you could. Ask these craft distilleries in these initial calls to see if they'll list who they would support. Who, who would you get behind in this time? And how can we look after them? What's a group that's looking after them? Maybe that's a way to do it. I, I, th- I thought that that'd be a, a great way to get people passionate about it, and at least initially. But to answer your question there, Chris, I think it's through the same channels they're already using. Just find a way to sort of slip you in there. Just be like, hey, if you use this link, we're also going to be donating to these people. So you sell at the same price and it also goes to, goes to this cause.
1: Yeah, it could be also, um, maybe you can get it to them through things that are related to craft brewing and craft liquor as well. Like you were mentioned, like maybe it's the bars that distribute them. You know, Maybe you can develop relationships with the bars that distribute alcohol and get on their list or something and develop some sort of connections or affiliates with them.
2: Or partner with restaurants. Because right now, I'm trying to think of what businesses right now, where are people still engaging right now? And personally, it's grocery stores and every now and then we'll, we'll order takeout. And if you could include a, a little bottle of hand sanitizer with a, with a takeout, then most people have it at their homes at this point, but it's at least a reminder of, okay, this is something new entering my home and I'm going to clean my hands before using it. So any other creative ways of packaging it like that?
0: This is actually... Uh, and it, and it, it does answer the question as well. I would actually... This is something I would look at advertising on my own shows because it's related to food, drink, the hospitality supply chain. It's innovative. It's interesting. It'll pop as an ad for anyone who listens to what I'm doing. So it's someone who I would potentially interview on, maybe not on Hospopreneurs, but on one of our other shows. This is something that we could run as an ad. So, I mean, there are other ways to distribute. You could be looking at podcast advertising. You could be looking at YouTubers. You could be like there are all sorts of other things people are consuming. Maybe you ask someone who's who's you know someone who's on Twitch streaming whatever it is that they're playing right now, and just say, hey, can you put this craft hand sanitizer? We'll send you one. Sit it there. Just tell everyone that you're loving this stuff, and then that way, obviously, that brand can be taking that to the distillery and say, how would you like to You know, partner on this campaign as well. So there's all sorts of things you could be doing. Get creative with with how you market it. And that's the question you've just asked here. Is this is a complicated issue for everybody right now? Everyone's everyone in the world, particularly in any business that was physically oriented, right? You need that in person characteristic to your business. They want to know how to market right now. They they're scrambling for ideas. So everyone's asking that question right now. How do, you, how do you market in this sort of time? I'm doubling down on, on podcast advertising. That's obviously my sort of business, not specifically in podcast advertising, but at least to fund my operations. So I back that as a way to market your brand. And that's what I'd get behind for this.
2: Another idea to, um, to help lengthen the life cycle of this idea, approach these distilleries and say, hey, you're producing hand sanitizer. Right now, people don't really care what it looks like but it's been incredibly profitable for you. And if you'd like to continue that, then you're going to need to start thinking about packaging it up in a way that's attractive for people. And I've mocked up some designs for you that incorporate your brand, that will put it together and and create a packaging that would allow you to continue selling this three, six months, nine months down the line. So that's an approach that it would take. If you have some design skills, it would take very little money. If you don't, you could hire someone on Fiverr to mock something up. And then you can bring it back to them that you're, you're staying ahead of what's going to be a problem for a business owner in three or six months, which if you come to them and add value to them in that way, then they're going to want to talk with you.
0: And in that there's a future in potentially, do you see that there's a future in hand sanitizer, but not as an affiliate, you might want to offer one of these distilleries to purchase their hand sanitizer Operations. You could be buying that part of their business when they go back to maybe they want to go back to just making booze again. Maybe that's the way things move forward. So there are some other opportunities in it. Once you're in that space, and and this is something that has sort of come up in a couple of ways so far, is that once you have that network of people, which is a very interesting and exciting network to be part of, once you're in that network, there are all sorts of other opportunities that could come about. And you can't really foresee all the things that are going to happen. And it's a turbulent time to try to forecast those things. But there will be opportunities available that that aren't here at the moment.
2: Awesome. Well, I think that's a great place to uh, to start wrapping up here. James, thank you very much for this conversation. It's been a pleasure. To put a pin on it, what's one thing that you would like our listeners to take away from what we've discussed?
0: I think the one thing to take away from this is more broadly around... I actually want to convey the the passion that People have in the hospitality industry and along that supply chain. They're the people who've been most affected by the coronavirus, particularly in retail. And I mean, actually, I'm going to just step back there. They are the people who've been most affected positively, as we're talking about through these sorts of distilleries, which is a smaller subset of the larger picture being negatively. They're the people who are hurting right now, and, and they're the people who really put smiles on people's faces. They wake up every day and give you a good time. You know, they, they make you smile every day when you visit a cafe or a bar or a restaurant. Great point. That's their job. And uh, they're hurting right now. And I think that we should really care about what, how they feel. So that's, uh, that's what I want to leave.
2: Thank you so much, James. It's been great talking with you. To the listener, if you are on board with what James has shared and you uh, want to run with this idea, we encourage you to do so. Follow through in the action steps that we have described here and create your own action steps. Do them. Report back to us. Email us at update at runwithit.fm with the actions you've taken. Everyone who responds will gain access to a private Facebook group of action takers. And one lucky listener will earn a free mentoring session with James and potentially a business partnership, maybe a sponsorship on the podcast or you know something else. You can work, work it out with him. James, where can people go to learn more about you? So jimsesh.com,
0: J-I-M-S-E-S-H is my company website. The businesses that I run are all on there. So that all of our programs on H-Media, A-Y-C-H, H-Media and CBD Entertainment, which is the, uh, that music arm of the business. Most of my focus at the moment is on H-Media. So uh, you can check me out there. Otherwise... Sesh, j-i-m-s-e-s-h on instagram is my handle thank you or linkedin anywhere where uh my name is there it should all be linked on that website jimsesh.com
2: awesome well thank you very much james it's been a pleasure talking with you we'll let you get some sleep in the middle of the night here in australia thanks man uh, so, yeah looking forward to catching up with you next time
0: thank you chris thank you ethan for having me on the program pleasure awesome
1: Now, it's time for you to run with it. Follow through on the action steps discussed and email a summary of what you did to update at runwithit.fm. Every listener who emails us will gain exclusive access to a private Facebook group of action takers. And one listener will earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Help us build the Run With It community of generous entrepreneurs. Please like, subscribe, and review us online. And remember, the secret of getting ahead is getting started.